Welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast with me, your host, Josiah Novak, author of Diet Suck and owner of the TrueTransformation.com. Today I have my good friend and fellow podcaster, host of the Dad's Edge Podcast, Larry Hagner, back on the show. He's been on the show before and he was in town here in Washington, D.C. as a featured speaker at the Dad 2.0 Conference. Wanted to get him back on the show because every, every few years, uh, our kids get older and becoming a dad or being a dad um, has its new challenges. We want to always be on top of our game when it comes to being fathers as it, as it comes to being parents. And I also want to get Larry on the show because recently he's under he's gone through a pretty amazing body transformation himself. He did a couple dietary protocols that we jump into on the show. Wanted to get his two cents on that, what was working for him, what wasn't. He's in the best shape of his life, and I thought it would be pretty valuable for you guys to hear how he did it. So we cover a lot. It's a long podcast. I think we do about an hour and a half. Uh, Larry's a good friend. You'll see we have a pretty good camaraderie. So this one's pretty entertaining. I think you're going to love it. So buckle up. If this is your first time listening, thanks so much for being here. If you're a loyal listener, you know what we do here. We bring the fire every week. So buckle up, get ready. Let's jump into the show with Larry Hagner. Welcome to the True Transformation Podcast with your host, me, Josiah Novak. Welcome to the podcast. Here's my daddy, Josiah Novak. Yeah, no, dude, we are, uh, we've, we have done, you've been on my podcast, I want to say twice before this? At least. I don't know yet. We have a history. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we might be, it's Thursday, dude. It's Throwback Thursday. Yeah, actually it is. Yeah. Do you remember that time we got that hotel room and order a man? Yeah. Have you ever seen that scene in Dumb and Dumber with the hot tub? The heart. <laughs> heart hot tub. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I'm going to a, I told my wife, I'm going to this men's conference. It's for men with beards. And me and Larry are sharing a hot tub. <laughs> and you didn't even have a beard. You were shaving at the time. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That was, that was pre-adolescence. That's right. how long ago that was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, I've, you've been on my show twice. I think I've been on your show uh, twice. A- at, at least. least. Yeah. At least That's twice. crazy, man. Yeah. Dude, where does the time go? I know we were just talking about it today uh, when I got off the plane that uh, three years ago we were at that event, which means we go back at least four, almost maybe in five years ago now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because I actually, uh, man, I think the way I met you, I'm trying to think, might have been through Jason. Was it Jason? Uh, McKenzie? Yeah. Most yeah. likely. Jason or it might have been David Rackford, who's the Kevin. Oh, Bacon my God. Internet. It was David. <laughs> Thank God we caught that because David will, yeah. will watch this and he'll be like, you son of a bitch. Uh, but, yeah, he was the one who introduced us. Yeah. yeah. He is yeah. the Kevin Bacon of the Internet. He is like, man, that guy, if, if you don't know, if David Radford doesn't know who you are, you're not. You're, yeah. yeah. You're probably you, living under a rock. You, you should just go. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to David Radford. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, no, then I, I think I joined uh, one of your earlier. Early. Like men's, what, what did you call it back then? I we forget. just called it the Dad Edge Mastermind. That's right, Dad yeah. Edge Mastermind. Yeah. We we took on ten guys at a time for th- for three months for ninety days. Yep, and that was that was 2016, and I I remember I remember you doing that. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, and those I were think, good days. I think your son at the time was two. Correct. And I was born in 2014. Even, yeah, and you didn't even have the other one yet. Nope. Because yeah. the other one, yeah, that was right. That was when, <laughs> man, bringing back some good times. That was when my wife was pregnant with our second. Yeah. And then the first one was uh, causing all hell and whatever, terrible twos. And, uh, yeah, 
And we were getting ready for number two. <laughs> you know what? This one's crazy. Let's just have another one. No, was, that's exactly the opposite conversation we had. It was more of like, how do we get? How do we get pregnant? I don't even. Right. How does that work? How are babies made? I, yeah, it was probably stress relief. What it was. Yes. <laughs> well, I could tell the story, but my wife will. If it somehow circles back to her, she she might. Uh, I don't even need. I won't need a vasectomy anymore. She'll just castrate me. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, man? You're here in beautiful Washington D.C. We have uh, the coronavirus. We right. have Donald Trump. What else we got? Yeah, that's that's enough. I think. But that is enough. Yeah, it's it's actually been it's been four years since I've been here. Uh, I came here actually on a on a trip with my two oldest kids four years ago just nice. just to see the sights, just to have some time together. Uh, but yeah, I'm here actually speaking at an event. I'm speaking at Dad 2.0, and so yeah, just here in town, which is really nice. Sick man. So Dad 2.0 is uh, is that because last year was Dad 1.0? <laughs> this is the sequel. <laughs> this conference, you know, it's funny. I I should know more about it, but I do know it's been in existence for ten years. Yeah, and it's it's I guess it's a conference more or less for dads who are bloggers, maybe even oh. podcasters. But it's just it's also a way that like-minded fathers i think can come together and from what i understand there's there's four or five hundred people here wow oh my goodness jeez a bunch of dads so, just killing it yeah i should probably think of i, pro- I should probably think about what i'm going to talk about so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah a little prep might be good there's right. gonna be a decent sized crowd um well dude i must say though like i uh, over the past i guess year or so i followed your fitness journey a lot uh because we talked talk shop all the time mm-hmm. about working out and fitness and staying in shape as a dad and all that stuff. But uh, you look like you're in great shape, man. Thanks. What's, what's been going on? A lot of juicing or? Yeah. Yeah. So I started <laughs> with uh, testosterone enhancers, some steroids. Sure. I take some Fat HGH burners. in the mor- morning. Nice. <laughs> some ephedra right morning before cocktail. bed. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't slept. Mix it with my, yeah, with your Viagra. Right, right. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I just... Sit, I just watch Netflix, you know, and oh, just yeah. do all that. That's all you got to do, right? right? Pop a couple needles and pills and <laughs> there you go. 75 hard. So, ooh. right. Exactly. That's how <laughs> I did it. Uh, and with the Viagra, they gave a whole new meeting to 75 oh, hard. Oh, man. Yeah. Still hard. <laughs> that's why I'm not standing up. Yeah. <laughs> As you can but tell, we know each other. A little Those bit. Those of you who are listening. Oh, man, the fitness journey. So, what I'm going to end with, I never thought I would actually say that I was doing, but let me start with the, with the beginning. So sure. You, you'll appreciate this. I mean, I've known you for a while. I've, I, so I, I used to be, I used to be a fat kid mm. and not just a fat kid, but like, I mean, I had the, the moves. I mean, like I was seriously out of shape as a kid. Like sure. I was, you know, I was not attractive at all. So <laughs> every Jeez, girl, give yourself a little credit. No, every girl told me that too. Oh, nice. Actually, you want to hear a really funny story. So this, this actually happened. I'll never forget it. I was 15 years old. This is when everything changed for me fitness-wise. I was 15 years old, and I went to this dance, and it was like it was a, it was a mixer. So there was a bunch of people there that you know you didn't know, but high school and all that stuff. And I, I'll never forget it. I went up to this. I, I wanted to go up to this one girl. I'd been looking at her all night, and I was like, oh, I just want to ask her to dance. And of course, they, they have the slow songs at the very end of the night. I was like, yep. okay, when they play the so, slow song – Three hours from now, <laughs> they do that on purpose, right? I know. I mean, that's like the whole thing. Let's right. just get these kids horny as shit, right? Like, make them sweat it out, and then they'll stay the whole night, and then we'll right. do the, you know, the "I'll make love to you" song at the end or whatever. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> I'm nailing it. Yeah, though. you that's are. That's totally it. That is right in my age range. So thank you. I think they're all hopped up on Mountain Dew, and then it was boys know. to men. So. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Yes. So he, here's what happened. They were finally playing, you know, probably boys and men. I'll make love to you or whatever. And I go up to this girl and I finally was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And I walk up to her and I was like, hey, would you like to dance? And I kid you not. I look at the camera. She looked at me like this. She was like, oh, no. It was up and down, uh, up and down with this look of absolute disgust. And she's like, not a chance. Oh, like literally. And I was like, man. Uh, it was like that part in Ace Ventura where he goes home and he's in the shower. He's like, no, <laughs> no. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. So at the time, my mom was was dating a guy who was living with us at the time. He was a complete, total nightmare. I'm not giving yeah. this guy any good credit. But the one thing the guy did teach me, and it all started with that moment, was this guy was just a – he was a nightmare mentally, physically, emotionally, just very abusive person. But he was really in shape. Mm. He was really terrible, but he looked good. <laughs> You counted his macros. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give him credit for right. one thing. Right. He, he knew a calorie when he saw one. <laughs> he knew how much protein he one day. Oh, man. But one point. So I woke up the next morning. I came home that night. I was all depressed. And I ended up telling him what happened. And he woke me up the next morning. He's like, I've been thinking. He goes, are you tired of being a fat ass yet? Oh, and man, I looked at him. Like a great guy. I know. I'm <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, you said it was terrible. Right. He sounds awesome. Right. And I'm just like, God, th- my night just got worse. Like, <laughs> I just went to sleep, woke up, it just continued. And he was like, are you tired, tired of being a fat ass yet? And yep. I'm like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I really am. And he's like, are you ready to do something about it? And I'm like, yeah, I think I am. And at that point, like, I just, I don't think I was. Yeah. And he's like, okay. He's like, 4.30 a.m. tomorrow. I'm going to wake you up. So he did that. He woke me up every morning before school at 4.30 a.m., and he trained me. And we had some, like, weight equipment in our in our basement, that kind of thing. And he w- actually went out and bought a bunch of different weight equipment. We actually kind of set up, like, a, a decent enough gym that we could, sure. we could do stuff. So five days a week, 4.30 a.m. And about, I don't know, four or five months later, he ended up, my mom and him split, which was a huge relief. But that stayed with me. Yeah. When I was 16, I ended up joining a gym. I have not stopped training, and that was 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our cameraman doesn't know. He's like, what's so funny? He's like, right? yeah, he's 26. He could be 26. Dude, I just had an epiphany. That was 29 years ago. Oh, man. Like, I'm going to be 45 this year. That was that long ago. I've never heard that story, though, before. Yeah. That's a cool – I mean, it sucks because I, I can picture you know, being in your shoes at that age, like, all – you know, the world is over, basically – and then you have this asshole who's like whipping into shape. But man, I mean, it's crazy how there can always be even, I mean, maybe not always, but a lot of times there can be a silver lining. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, his approach though, I hope he did. You're sick and tired of being a fat ass? Like, yeah, I just got my heart ripped out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the hundredth time. Like, right. But 4.30 um, a.m. But I'll tell you, I mean, that, that, truly drove a passion for the love of fitness i ended up getting my college degree in health and exercise science and That's nutrition right. yep which is basically a four-year degree to be a personal trainer <laughs> <laughs> and here you are right. you made it on the true transformation <laughs> podcast that's right right it was all for this <laughs> yeah. uh, but my my thing was is i was going to go into like corporate wellness like that was mm. like the the drive back then but um uh, but yeah you know I, I would say you know fast forward now to where I am now, almost 45, and I've got four boys, a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 4-year-old, four boys. So a lot of people ask me, like, well, what's it like having four boys? And I pretty much give them the same description every time. I was like, imagine 
four drunk people mm-hmm. that are never sober, <laughs> that never want to sleep, and they never leave. <laughs> <laughs> and they eat all your food. <laughs> they eat all your food. <laughs> they have the constant munchies, dude. Yeah. 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 I mean, dude, last night, um, right now it just started Lent, you know. Mm. And so yesterday, as we're recording now, is Ash Wednesday. And just like any good Catholic, we didn't go to church like we should have. <laughs> but it's not Christmas. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but we do go to church every week. And we were like, okay, let's go to church on Ash Wednesday. We didn't make it. So we were like, okay, we're going to do a six-minute, like, Ash Wednesday sort of prayer. So we open up, like, this book. And I think it was about 37 seconds in. It all went to just – we were just like – Kids are like, can we eat yet? Like, yep. <laughs> like Is this over I'm yet? starving. Like, oh, I'm like, no, come on. Like, I'm hungry too. Like, we'll get. Anyway, that's that's been my life. But what I will tell you, uh, fitness journey wise, ever since I've had kids for the past 14 years, and and by the way, like my fitness journey did, like I I ended up competing in bodybuilding yeah. for about 14 years, give or take, from like 19, I was 16 years, 1995 to 2011. I competed almost every year. Mm. And after I got done with that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is way too hard. Like, I'm done competing, but I'll still work out. Sure. I kind of, like, let my fitness slide by the wayside. You know, I'd get in shape and then out of shape, get in shape and then out of shape. And then I was joking with a couple of the guys that we know mutually, and I was like, I've had more I'll start Mondays in the past year and a half (laughs) than I have had probably my whole life. Like, Monday (laughs) through Thursday, salad and macros, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'll start Monday. Yep. (laughs) Yep. It's like, how many? There's 52 Mondays in a year. I've had 100. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I managed to have 60 Mondays this past year. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. But But now, but now you seem to have, at least in, you know, from what I know, it seems like you feel like you're in a good spot now, right? I do. I do. Um, I think what really happened was, is, and this, this goes to what you do. And I think as, as your audience, you know, listens to this, the thing that really got me back into it again was exactly what I preach in my community, which is for fathers, exactly what you preach in your community for fitness. And that's accountability. And actually having skin in the game with that with that accountability. So I actually, <clears throat> there was a local friend of mine, lives really close to me. He owns a, a gym. He contacted me one day. He's like, hey, man. He's like, I, I know this is a goal of yours. Like, how about, you know, you come in for some training. Mm. And then as I came in on that training, he was like, hey, actually, I'm, I'm getting ready to start the 75 hard mm. on Monday. And this was back in September. And I was like, what's the 75 hard? So he told me about it, told me about the five rules, and we can get to that if you want. And sure. I was like, I think that's what I want to do. So here's, here's what I'll tell you. I think the reason I, I've gotten in the shape that I have, which has been the, probably the best shape I've been in since I was competing, um, was because I kept the rules very simple. Or mm. the rules were kept simple for me. Sure. That, and I was paying someone to hold me accountable. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to not do this because I've got skin in the game. Plus, when you have someone who's holding you accountable, I, I had to track everything I was eating. Sure. I knew that whatever I was about to eat, I had to log in my fitness pal, and yep. he was watching that. Mm. So there's that. It's it's almost like somebody watching you in the room, yeah. but for your own good. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciated. And it caused me to make really good decisions, yeah. knowing that I had that accountability and knowing that I was tracking my food and that I was paying for coaching on top of it. Because once a month, I was held accountable to go in there and get my body fat checked, my measurements, my weight, the whole nine yards. That's amazing. So if I came in and I was heavier, he'd be like, dude, 
what are you doing? Let's go. What's yeah. Up? So yeah. it, it forced me to be accountable. Yeah. Accountability. It's that a word that people hate to talk about. Cause it sounds, uh, it almost sounds like, you know, you're, you're, you're in trouble, right? Like, Oh, right. uh, you know, I remember my dad when I was a kid, you know, you're not accountable. Like, and I was like, well, you know, and so that, that, that word has that negative connotation to it. Right. It's it like, does. Yeah. it's kind of like the word diet, right? You hear diet, you're like, Oh, I don't want to diet. Right. But then you start to figure out what it actually means, right? And it's ultimately, like you said, man, having skin in the game, right? It's why I don't coach people for free. And, and friends of mine, I say, hey, I don't want your money. But I, you got to do something, right? right. You have to – because ultimately, if you don't do something, even if it's not paying me, I don't need your money, but maybe help me with something, right, time-wise. Ultimately, if there's no skin in the game, you got nothing to lose. And then, therefore, there's probably not going to be a positive outcome. Exactly. You know, exactly. it's hard pill to swallow, but once you experience it, then you're like, oh, okay, this and makes sense. Yep. Yeah. So accountability is a blessing. Heck yeah. It doesn't dude. feel like it all the time, but it, it truly is a blessing. Oh no, absolutely. It's, it's, it goes right along with the abundance. Right. Right. Uh, the more accountability I have in my life, the more abundant my life is. Sure. Right. And the more accountability I can provide for my friends and my clients and everything like that, the more abundance happens. It's an amazing thing. It is. It, it absolutely is. And w- without that, people, you know, <clears throat> I've been running a mastermind for fathers for four years now. And I think 99% of people know that it's uh, there's there's a monthly fee that's associated with that. Sure. I've had a, f- a handful of guys over the years be like, I got to pay to do this? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, I thought this was free. I was like, if it was free and you had no skin in the game, would sure. you actually show up? And most of the time, the answer is, well, yeah, good point. I probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, if it came time to, like, oh, I need to get on a, a mastermind session, or in your case, like, do I go work out or not? Right. Like, I can always find something else to do. You know, another, oh, I got to go get that thing done. You know, yep. I got to go do this, got to do that. But, you know, if you have skin in the game, you're going to execute differently sure. in your life. Yeah, it's funny because uh, <laughs> I tell people all the time who say, oh, well, can't you just send me something for free? And, of course, like, we, we do. But I say, look, if you really want to take this to the next level, ultimately, there's something out there that's free right now that you could go get. It's called Google, right? It's open to anyone. You can go get pretty much anything on Google. I could go read articles on how to be a great dad. I could go learn how to fix a car. I could do anything I want. But I'm not going to do it till I have something that I'm going to lose if I don't. The easiest way for people in these these days and times to create accountability is to invest into something. Yeah. Cause your dollars are your time basically. Right. And I, I tell my, my oldest all the time, you know, he started to learn, understand what chores are and making money and everything. And I say, ultimately, like if you want something, right, whether it's a, a goal or whatever, you have to create a, a value system for yourself. And ultimately, the, the fastest way to do that is with our hard-earned dollars. Mm-hmm. And so if, you, if, if free was your answer, you would have already done it, right? Like Very I would true. already be shredded because there's plenty. I could name 500 blog articles out there that I've read in my life that will tell you exactly how to do it. But it's free. Yep. And that, yeah. therein lies the rub, right, where it's right. like – Okay, so I have to put a value to this so that I don't, for example, you know, people do this all the time. They just don't realize it. You go buy a car. What are you going to do with that car? You're going to treat it like crap? No. 
I just bought a house, right? You think I'm going to go wreck shop? Probably. <laughs> my kids will. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, after my first party, I might right. clean up. But yeah, like, no, it's it's something now where I'm like, wow, I've think about the amount of hours it's taken me to make that kind of money. It's like, all right, I'm not going to throw this thing away. Right. Funny how our bodies and even our relationships with our mm-hmm. families and kids, how that's so easy for us in times where we don't have that accountability to just be like, It'll be all right. Yeah. Tomorrow, Monday, <laughs> like you said. <clears throat> the the thing that I think we're missing here, too, that I really want to address mm. is there's a cost to taking action. Mm. There is. But there's a cost to doing nothing. Mm. I had a conversation with a guy who applied to be in our mastermind yesterday. <clears throat> and I, I have guys apply. And the last, the last question in the application usually tells me what type of where they're at in their journey. Mm. And the last question is, are you ready to take action or not? And when I see answers like, yes, absolutely. I've waited too long already. I'm ready to do this. Let's go. Yep. I came across a guy and I talked to him before I even got on the call with him. I said, it it said, I have a long history of procrastinating. I'm not really sure. Hopefully I'll be there. And I'm like, I literally thought there for a second. I was like, do I even waste my time and his getting on a call with this guy? Sure. And I'm like, hey, everybody, everybody's ready at some point. So I get on a call with this guy, and I'm sure you have clients exactly like this too. And we got to – and he basically told me that, you know, he doesn't have the relationship with his wife that he wants. Mm. And he's like, and I, I, I don't know how to unlock that. I don't know how to communicate with her. And I was like, well, dude, you're like with 99% of other people. Sure. I was like, what do you do for a living? He's like, I'm a civil engineer. I was like – You've had at least four years of school and all this training to be a civil engineer. How much training and how many resources have you unlocked to communicate with your wife? He's like, well, none. I was like, well, can you imagine doing your job with no undergrad degree and no training? We're like, hey, we want you to design that highway. Like, just go do it. I did a couple Legos once. I think I could handle it. Right. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, could you imagine that? He's like, well, no, no, I couldn't. I was like, well, then it's preposterous to think that we all should somehow magically right. have the skill set to be able to, you know, navigate the waters of marriage and kids and even fitness, sure. money, money management and health and all oh, those yeah. things. And so we got to the end and I was like, so in your last qu- answer, this is what you put. And I was like, so where are you at? Mm. He's like. I don't really know, like, you know, the investment and all this other stuff. And I was like, <clears throat> and I told him, I was like, yeah, it's it's $100 a month to do this. Sure. And I was like, you come and do life with us. It's going to cost you $100 a month, and it's going to cost you an hour of your time a week. That's what it's going to cost you, okay? Yep. The, the ROI is developing the relationship. Right now, you told me the relationship with your wife is a three to a four. The ROI is taking that relationship to a seven, eight, or nine, mm. being able to communicate with her, taking your marriage from good to great to where you're talking again, you're friends again, you're spending time again, you're having sex again. Like everything is good and it feels freaking awesome. And because, yep. because you know how to do it. Yep. And I was like, that's the ROI. I was like, however, there is a cost to doing nothing. Sure. And I, and I'm just, I'm using this as I told him this, I was like, I am not forcing you to do this. In fact, if you're not ready for it, don't do it because this type of mentality is going to be contagious to somebody who really wants to be in the community that we have. And Mm. so I said, if you want to stay where you're at, then stay where you're at. However, the thing that I'll coach you on is there's a cost to staying where you're at. You just don't see that right now. So I, the last question I have for you is if you do nothing, just 
keep going the way you're going. What is life going to look like with you and her one year from right now, from today? And he was like, that's a really good point, man. Like, I think we'd be worse. And I'm like, exactly. I was mm-hmm. like, so this is your call. Yeah. You, you do with it. I, I respect any decision you make. If you're ready, let's do it. And if not, hopefully it doesn't get to the point where you start cooking dinner when you're starving. Because no mm. one should be cooking dinner when they're starving. You know? <laughs> I like you, that. You want to be cooking dinner. Don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry exactly. either. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that that's one thing I'll say. It doesn't matter if it's fitness-related, life-related, work-related. Um, there's a cost to doing nothing. Sure. And sometimes that cost, you just don't see it, is, is higher. And it's way more grave than than stepping forward into something that might be a little bit uncomfortable that might hold you accountable to do things that yeah. you wouldn't necessarily do on your own and learning a skill set that you didn't have before. Mm. That can be applied to everything. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm even thinking about my house. <laughs> like, well, speaking of investing, like, yeah, but there's a cost to not doing it too, right? right? Because ultimately buying a home is scary, right? You take a big leap and you're like, wow, I got to really make sure I'm on top of things. But then – the cost of not doing it is missing out on a potential big investment, missing out on, uh, you know, a home, <laughs> right? <Yep. laughs> That's a big deal when you have a big, f- you know, a family and you want to grow together and you want to spend time together. And so, yeah, I mean, there's the, the cost is always the first thing we think about when it comes to doing it. But when it comes to not doing it, ultimately, we have no thought around what that cost is going to look like. Yep. Exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it makes makes so much sense. So you, you, you did... Uh, not that I want this to be all about fitness, but I'm yeah. just curious uh, because you've been posting so many damn shirtless selfies. <laughs> <laughs> like, take your eight pack out of here, man. I don't know, it might be a ten pack by now. God knows. But um, what? So you did seventy five hard, right? I did seventy five hard. I started that in September. It actually ended um, right before Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, shoot. Right. Gee, but, nice planning. But here's the, here's the funny <laughs> thing. Um, me and the and the and the guy that I hired to help me and he did it with me. We decided just to keep going till mm. till the end of the year. Nice. And so we did. I did do something that I never thought I'd do though. So let me just tell you the results first. So you the, kissed a man. I, <laughs> <laughs> I gave him an ass out hug. <laughs> right. Right. Um, now here here's what here's what the seventy five is seventy five hard is actually. So it's mm. one one gallon of water a day. Okay. No alcohol. Stick to a diet. Doesn't matter what diet it is. What so, diet did you stick to? So I just did more or less a 40, 30, 30. Okay. So you basically tracked your calories. I did. Right. Macros yeah. I, or whatever. I, I stayed within, you know, 18 to 1900 calories per oh, day. Oh, sheesh. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it, it worked for me. I kept my fats around 50 to 60. I kept my protein in between 150 to 180. Nice. And then the rest were carbs. carbs. And I kept it real clean. But the thing is, is you can't cheat at all. So like. So no cheat meals. No, not even an M&M. So wait, okay, so let me let's like back up serious. for a second because this is a transformation podcast. So we're talking right. about, you know, permanent transformation here. But at the end of the day, no cheating. Okay, right. so assuming you're following a macro plan, mm-hmm. technically there is no cheating if you hit your macros, right? Or, or am I wrong there? Yeah. For I, your, did you maybe set some ground rules like no junk? No junk. Okay. So no I, junk. I mean, I, I've been, I mean, Part of my degree was in nutrition and been around. Yeah. That. So I, I know like <laughs> M&M is not, not necessarily For the sure. best carb. Yeah. I, right? The reason I ask those is because some people, because, you know, 75 hard, I, I have, a, now that you tell me, I, I didn't realize it was that strict, but I, I know that um, some people consider like, okay, I'm going to have like a couple snacks that aren't like that great, but they hit my calories. So mm-hmm. it's not cheating. 
But you didn't have that. You were I like, didn't. oh, so you were like, I didn't. And crushing. the reason I did that was because um, if you really look at that plan, it's 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 the choice. It's the mental toughness choices that come out of that. Yeah. And what it also made me do is it made me very aware of how careless I was being. Like where mm. I where I would normally go to the pantry to put something away, I'd be like, oh, there's a cookie. I'm gonna grab. It. <laughs> oh, there's the peanut butter. I'll have a scoop or seven. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> 800 grams of fat later. <laughs> right. I don't know why I can lose body fat. Right. I don't know what's going on. So yeah. that, so that stick to a diet, two workouts a day. One has to be outside. Um, and then take a progress pick wow. every day. I didn't do the progress pick every day. I did it every Monday. Okay. And that was really, that was game changing as well. And that, and the, the, the first, actually almost every time I took it, I was like, God, this, this is, I hate this. Yeah. And, but it was, I'll tell you the good part about accountability and the progress pick, because if I didn't send the progress pick to my partner, then he was like, Hey man, I'm what's going it. on? What are you doing? Because that would really tell him be like, did you stick to your diet? Why don't I see a progress pick? It's Monday. Yeah. So the progress pick really helped me because on, on some Mondays where I'm like, God, man, I'm getting so frustrated. I feel like I'm not getting anywhere. Like, mm. I feel like I'm going to stand still. And I feel like, and then and when you go off of like how I feel and then I take the progress pick and I look at, you know, the progress pick today versus three weeks ago. I'm like, Oh wait, 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 wait. Okay. Hold on. Like I'm, yeah. at, I am actually making progress. I just don't Get feel lean. like it. Yeah. So that really did help, but that kind of ended at the end of, uh, at the end of the year. But, uh, what I started though on December 1st, I still continue with 75 hard, but I switched it up. I switched to an all plant-based diet, wow. which if you would have asked me, Hey man, <laughs> dude. <laughs> and by the way, <laughs> that's so crazy. I, I've made a few posts about, and, and the, the reason I did it wasn't because like I'm some crazy tree loving, yeah, you yeah. know, person like I, I had, I had some blood work come back and some of the things were not good. Really? Um, really high class. So when I did the 75 hard, um, I did, you know, I ate a lot of animal bodybuilding diet. Yeah. Animal yeah. protein, which was fine. My cholesterol was really high and wow. it's always been high, but, but my doc was like, look, man, like you need to go on medication. Not only that, wow. but there was a high level of protein and creatinine in my in my blood. So sure. they were they were a little worried about kidney function. And then on top of that, get this, my estrogen levels were high. So I'm like, what is going on here? Like this is really scary. I Higher than it should be because guys yeah. have estrogen. I mean, guys have estrogen, yeah. so it's supposed to be I think below 45. I can't MGs something or MGs, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And mine was like 52. Okay, 52. so it was higher than it, it was higher be. than it should be. Mm. So my doc was like, look, man, you need to go on cholesterol medication. You know, your cholesterol has been high for yeah. long enough. And now it's really high. And I want to send you to an endocrinologist because I, there might be something wrong with your kidneys and yeah. your estrogen is too high. And I was like, how in God? But my testosterone was high. Wow. My testosterone was like 865, which was pretty good. Yeah. And so I, I, I was like, there's got to be a better way. And then I saw the documentary, The Game Changers, and I know there's a lot of whatever. Sure, sure, sure. But I've always been curious about that. So I ended up hiring, you know, back to fitness, a vegan bodybuilding coach. Oh, who was that? Uh, Yeah, Fraser Bailey. Okay, uh, okay. Evolving Alpha. Yep. Um, And I just reached out to him, and I'm like, hey, this is my blood work, and I've always been curious about this, and I just want to – I just want to – I want to be a guinea pig. Sure, Like, I don't don't know if I'm going to agree with this. I don't even know if I'm going to like it, but I'm I'm willing to try it for 30 days. So he, dude, he was, he was in it. He helped me with it 30 days. And here's what I found. Uh, the first couple, 
first couple of weeks, truth be told, I was like, I feel terrible. Oh, sure. And this food sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because how many damn avocados am I going to eat? But here's the funny thing. I was still able to hit my macros, mm. which I know for a lot of people, they think it's impossible without animal protein. But No, it's not. Anyway, any means. I, I did that. And then after about three weeks, I started to feel really good. You know, mm. fast forward now, 70, 80 days later, I just got my blood work back again. No creatinine, no protein in my in my blood anymore. Kidneys are fine. Great. Liver's great. Um, everyone says that soy will increase estrogen. My estrogen dropped 20 points wow. being on this, and my testosterone stayed the same. Wow. Um, had more endurance, better digestion. None of my strength went away. I still was able to bench, deadlift, squat, the exact same thing that still I used to. Still curling the fives, right? So- <laughs> Uh, sir, the senior citizen class needs yeah. those. For right You're now. still doing the swimming aerobics? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Not to make fun of those people. I, right. I shouldn't do that, but right. it's funny. <laughs> just yeah. imagine this guy in there. And, dude, bingo night. I was able to actually take, like, B8. <laughs> like, I was able to put it down there faster. <laughs> I haven't fallen down the stairs in months. Right, right. Yeah. But that was that – was, so, anyway, I've, I've stayed in – back to fitness. Um, you know, I, I've stayed basically the same um, – Low body fat. My body fat's about 11 right now. That's I weigh sick. weigh about 180 pounds. I'm six one. Um, I work. I still the the habits that it really taught me was working out every day. And that's one of the things that I want to share with your audience too, if you're cool with it. Which yeah. is busy parents, and I don't have time. Mm. And I've got four boys, and I'm happy to give you details of how I do Let's it. Let's do that. I yeah. want to hear. I want to hear how you did it because the outside workout. <laughs> I can just picture fucking Rocky. I mean, in St. Louis, you got you got people trying to shoot you, right? The whole yeah, the whole time. That's right? why I'm like dunking yeah. in. Yeah, I I run packing. So like, actually, I run with my gun <laughs> with shotgun. You run like this, right? I do. Winter soldier over here. It's actually like commando. You know, it's like oh, he's yeah. putting the camo on and the grenades and yeah, sh- that'll yeah. burn some calories, right? Uh, no, so uh, I will say this: these two workouts per day when I was doing the seventy-five hard. I know you're supposed to start all over again if you don't do it. But that's the one thing I gave myself grace on. Mm. If I didn't hit that second workout, which I did probably five days out of seven, if I didn't hit it every day, I was like, okay, I did everything else. You know, my family needs my time right now. I've already worked out today once, um, but I gave myself grace. But how I did it was, uh, again, accountability. I I work out with two other guys every morning. I wake up at 5 a.m. and I'm in the gym by 517. Nice. So – um, I'm sorry. I wake up at 5:17, and I'm in the gym by 5:40. Okay. So that that's how I do it. So I, literally, I am in the gym that quick, and I set up everything. There's no room for error. I've got my blender bottle there, my pre-workout, all my vitamins. I've got my clothes. I'm out the door. That first workout, it's automatic. It's sure. done. I'm back home before my as my kids are getting up for school. I hang out with them. I actually take them to school. Nice. And then my second workout is usually sometime over lunch. And my second, the, the thing that I really learned about fitness and i think would also benefit your audience is stimulation not annihilation i love that because what i did was for the first three weeks i was doing the 75 hard and i was doing these two workouts i was exhausted and i felt Mm -hmm. terrible and i was reminded of that of like hey it's stimulation not annihilation so instead of going out and doing you know the murph outside (laughs) workout when i've already worked out once it's like go out for a 45 minute slight jog or walk so i would do that i walk my dog at lunchtime Nice. I work out of my house, just walk my dog for 30 to 45 minutes. And I would do my phone calls. I would check social media. I would be, I would multitask. Yeah. I was doing that. But then by the time my kids were home, I took no time away in the family at night. Mm. You know, everything was done before they got up or while they were in school. Dude, that is amazing. I mean, I hear the excuse all the time. 
you know, don't there's, have time. Yeah, there's always that you know, excuse. Got a job. Yeah. <laughs> got a dog. Right. I'm like, cool. We right. got that stuff too. <laughs> I got two monkeys too. <laughs> what else you got? Right. They work out though with me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, but at the, the, the time excuse, you know, I've met, and I tell this to clients all the time. Right, because I, I hear it all the time. Even single guys, I hear it. I don't have done. I'm like, huh, okay. But I hear it and I say, you know, look, I've worked with a lot of people. I know a lot of people. I know a lot of very successful people, people who are multi-multi-millionaires, who have kids, who have, you know, five businesses, and they, not a single one has ever told me, I don't have time to work out. Mm-hmm. In fact, quite the opposite. They all say, I make time to work out. I have to work out Gary Vaynerchuk I'm sure you know who yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk is his uh, trainer is my friend right and Gary gets up every day 5 a.m. trainers with him meets him in the hotel gym wherever he's staying on his you know speaking engagement and he does a workout every single day even if he went to bed at three in the morning right and then you got somebody who's working a nine to five who takes an hour lunch who you know wakes up at seven and, you know, it's like, hey, it's you have to start auditing your time, mm-hmm. right? And with two workouts a day, I mean, I love the lunchtime thing because I'm thinking, how are you getting a second workout in? But I tell people all the time, look, do you have to take an hour and a half lunch? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you hate your job, but, like, you could literally eat something at your desk, a healthy meal in 10 minutes. Yeah. And be out walking around wherever you work, inside where you work. Hell, go in the stairs, walk the stairs. It just comes down to, I mean, what do you think it comes down to? Like, why do you think people make that excuse, the time excuse? I think it boils down to a lot of things. Like, so if I could, I think one thing is I'm not worthy to give myself that. Mm. I think another one is I feel guilty doing something for myself. That's another big one. Like, I feel guilty doing something for myself. I think if you've been out of the fitness loop for a while, it's almost like, gosh, like, I feel like I'm, I have a, I'm, I'm walking uphill right now, sure. which is, which is a lot. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I think when it boils down, do I have like, so for instance, when I get up at 5am and you know, I'm in the gym and I'm home by seven. So sometimes I'm like, wow, if I took, if I took an hour and a half to do work, like mm. how how much could I grow my business if I really wanted to? Sure. But to me, I am more productive, more sane. Like to me, the physical results of training and fitness is just a bonus. Yeah. Because I'm not there necessarily for the physical results. It's nice, but I'm there because if I don't work out, I don't show up for my clients the same way I would. Mm -hmm. I don't show up uh, with my kids. I I, I don't have nearly as much patience with them. If I don't have some way to release some stress in the morning or get my mind right, I find myself more frazzled during the day. I find myself more short-fused during the day. So I, I train. A lot of people are like, I have a family. I can't train. That is not my mentality. Mm. I have to train because I have a family. Sure. If I don't train, I am not going to be that servant leader, that selfless leader for my family. I'm going to be the irritated, aggravated probably not so pleasant person to be around. And trust me on days, there'll be a few days that go by that I don't train and I am that person mm. and that person sucks. Yeah. And my kids will tell you that. And so will my wife, my wife is like, uh, yeah, uh, why don't you go for a run? <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple pink dumbbells over there. They're just, <laughs> now. they're actually yours. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you go get acquainted? Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. I'm the same way. It's like, uh, I tell people all the time, you know, fitness is by no means, 
just to look good, right? Right. I mean, it's it's cool, and I ultimately I think our, uh, in our it's in our nature to want to look a certain way, um, but I don't do it necessarily because I like I've experienced injuries in the past couple of years, and my body, you know, looks much different even now than it did just a few short years ago yeah. because I didn't have injuries then. I didn't have to work around those things. And so I've noticed, though, just the blessing that working out is, the the ultimate free therapy, if you will, it's in, it's it's priceless, man. Like and, and honestly, I tell people all the time, I have this thing with our clients called the 10-minute rule. And yeah. it's, you know, our, our goal is at least 10 minutes a day, right? Because once you start the 10 minutes, all of a sudden, it's like 60 minutes. You're like, yeah. oh, okay, this is good, right? But it's that first, like, 10-minute wall that you're just like, oh, I got to get over this hurdle. And all of a sudden, the floodgates open. You're like, oh, I could be here all day, right? right? Um, but everybody has 10 minutes. Everybody. There's not a single person walking this earth that doesn't have 10 minutes to work out. And so if you can do that every day, ultimately, some days you will do an hour, right? And then some days it will just be 10 minutes. And cool, man. That's it, right? On to the next thing. You check the box, and that's, that's great. Um, but the time excuse, yeah, the whole I'm not worthy thing, um, you know, that's a tough one, right? Because I get it, but that, that's a, that's a deeper, that's a deeper one, you know? I agree. I agree. And the thing that I would tell your, your audience for sure is that you are worth it. Mm. I mean, I know that sounds kind of cheesy and woo, but, but you are, I mean, there's, there's so many other benefits to doing it versus not doing it. You know, studies have proven over and over again that people that train for an hour a day can get more work done in six hours than someone who doesn't in eight. Wow. So it's going to make you more productive. Sure. It's going to give you, I mean, even companies now, I mean, they're, they're, they now have, I think it's Virgin Pulse is, is one of the applications that Mm. a lot of companies use that actually will sync to your Fitbit. And if you log so many workouts or steps or and, and all these other things, they will pay you back anywhere from 300 to a $1,000 at the, at the end of the year of your health insurance premiums back wow. that you can put towards a gym yeah. or put towards – it has to be health-related. That much I do know. Sure. So you can put it towards a gym. You can put it towards something of that nature. But they'll yeah. reimburse you that money back. That's incredible. Man, everybody should do that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when, when we as we grow our team, that's something I need to do because that's, that's huge, man. I mean, that's – Everybody should have an incentive, right? Yeah. It's almost the accountability, right, yeah. that we talked about. There's, there's also the accountability of, like, the reward, mm-hmm. too, of, like, all right, if I do this every day and if I knock this out, then ultimately I am going to get to this point, um, and that return will, will show up exactly. down the road. Um, did your cholesterol come down? It did. Nice. It dropped 60 points. Shut up. 60 points. Yeah. That's incredible. And uh, so that was good. So he, he decided not to put me on meds. I just saw him uh, a week ago. Nice. And he's like, what have you been doing? He's like, the estradiol is completely normalized. It dropped well within normal mm. range. Your testosterone's fine. Um, your there's no creatinine or protein in your in your blood. Kidneys are fine. Nice. And your cholesterol dropped sixty points. He's like, so what are you doing? I said, I'm doing all plant th- plant based diet. He's like, well, you need to stay on that then. Yeah. He's like, with but here's the thing, like, I'm genetically predisposed to having high cholesterol. Like, sure. I can eat like quote unquote clean diet. I mean, dude, like I was eating like chicken and, and lean cuts of red meat and, and mm. fish and my body is just, it, it, it's on overcharge when it yeah. comes to making too much cholesterol. It just is what it is. Um, my dad's the same way. 
but for me, he was just like, he's like, look, man, with your genetics, like if, if you want to stay off meds, you got to pretty much got to stay on this, this diet, which I'm actually fine with. I actually like it now. Mm. Um, it's, I, I feel good. I sleep better. I train just as great. You know, sure. my blood work shows I'm doing better. So for me, it works. I'm not, I'm definitely not touting that it's the way of life for everybody, but it's, for me, it's working right now. Yeah. And dude, that, that, I love that because that's, that's my philosophy with everybody. And this is why I can't stand <laughs> fads. Because they don't factor in everybody's individual needs. Right. You know, there's a big one going on right now, the, car- the carnivore diet. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Right. Joe Rogan did it, right? Yep. And he, you know, did it for 30 days and lost 12 pounds or whatever, sure. right? Cool. Everybody, I mean, and, and I think to myself, that's awesome, right? That's, but that's where it stops, right? That's where it stops, where I say, that's awesome that it worked for that person. Great. Thumbs up. But when I draw the line is when people say, and now everybody should do everybody it. Everyone should do it. <laughs> Yeah. And that's that's what happens, yeah. right? And imagine if you went on the carnivore diet, right? Right. And sure, there are some jackasses out there that would argue like, well, why don't you test it out? And you know, maybe your cholesterol will come down and blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, man. Like, yeah. you just proved that you're the opposite of the carnivore diet. And right. it's worked wonders for you. It it has. I mean, and, and again, I'm very respectful in the fact that it's, like you said, it's an individual. Absolutely. Basis, individual decision. Here's the <laughs> Here's the funny thing, though. <laughs> Like, I've made a few posts about, like, ah, I'm 60 days plant-based diet. This is what's yeah. going on. Like, I'm having these good results. And I'll even do, like, before and after. Like, here's when I was on meat. Here's when I'm on – you can't tell a difference. Sure. I'm still hitting my macros. My digestion is great. And, again, in the posts, I'm very respectful of, like, this is working for me, and I want to try it as an experiment. Sure. And the, here's, here are my findings. And nowhere in that post am I like, this is the new way of life. Everyone should do it. <laughs> and here's the funny Forget thing. Forget the dead. It's, it's the planet. Right. right. <laughs> You're like, right. Ah. But here's the funny thing. Like, the people that would comment on that post, you would have thought I made a post to legalize dog fighting. Right. Like, some, there was <laughs> a certain amount of outrage with people. Like, I'm just like. Oh, they can't stand it, man. I know. I'm just like, oh, my God. So one guy was just, I, and I just had to laugh because now that I understand the plant-based diet and some of the science with it and that kind of thing, like, I understand, um, you know, like, why people view the things they do and they're very protective of And sure. I'm respectful of that. But one guy was like, so what do you mean your digestion is better? Are you just shitting all the time? And I'm like, well, I have higher fiber. Like, I'm hitting high, like, my st- like, I don't feel bloating in my stomach. Well, what do you mean? Did you test your... Your deadlift, your squat, and your bench. How do you know you're With just your a strong? Backs. Right, and I was like, actually, I did. Hey, Here's the results. Right. Well, what do you mean you have higher endurance? Does that mean you can run faster? And I'm like, well, I'm not running any slower, so and I don't get tired as easily. Well, we'll find out the NFL Combine in a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> so yeah, just some of it, man. I'm just like, okay, yeah. it's just it's fine. I'm just not not I promoting know, it as your way of life i'm just promoting that i tried it i have a funny joke well it's it's because nu- nutrition philosophies are like religion these days right and now that's where our company comes in and says hey look there's many ways to skin a cat right it could be plant-based it could be carnivore it could be just macros and 80 20 right or whatever but ultimately you have to find what works for you yeah and that way you can be at peace, enjoying it, and, and ultimately get the health, right? The health piece that you want because health is the most important thing. But <laughs> there's a joke, and I, I, I posted this the other day on, uh, I think it was like a story or something. And, man, you would have thought, like you said, I was starting not a dog fighting, but like child fighting or something. Right, right? <laughs> like, how dare you? But I said, uh, how can you tell if someone's vegan? 
And I said, oh, don't worry. Within the first five minutes of meeting you, they'll tell you. (laughs) (laughs) And they were, dude, the comments I got were like, and this is why you shouldn't have a platform. And like, well, I'm like, it was a joke, first of all. And I appreciate my, all my sisters are vegan, by the way. Nobody knows that. But like all my family's vegan. I'm not, but I respect it. Right. Right. But it's just religion, man. It's like, but it goes back to our tribal sense, right? Everybody feels like they need to be a part of a tribe. And when they see somebody else, here's, here's what it is. Ultimately, it's very simple. They see someone else with success following something else. They don't ultimately inside feel like they've reached the level of success following their religion, a.k.a. their diet, right? So it's a threat. It's yeah. a threat that what they've been doing all along is not accurate. So when someone like myself who's a fitness guy comes along and says – the carnivore diet probably isn't sustainable for most people. It's just meat, right? I mean, good luck. Good, good luck with that. But it's probably not sustainable long term. Can it help? Sure, for certain people. But it's probably not sustainable. The person who's starting to follow it, who's frustrated, like you, you might have been two weeks into 75 hard, goes, well, what the fuck, right? Like, that's not cool, man. Like, I'm over here busting my ass trying to follow carnivore. And you're saying it's not the right thing. I feel threatened. Sure. That's all it is. Right. And it's crazy because it's like, I don't care what you're doing as long as it's working for you. Man, plant-based, the, the smart reaction to that is, for those listening, is if you're not getting the results with your diet and you see someone like Larry who's got abs, who's got you know his health intact, following a plant-based diet, what's stopping you from experimenting, man? Mm-hmm. It's not going to kill you. Right. I mean, hey, unless you follow carnivore, right? <laughs> then it might kill you. Right. But no, but seriously, though, it's like like Rogan, you know, even Rogan came out and said, look, I'm not going to follow this religiously yeah. after this. I did it for a month, but now I'm eating pasta and whatever I want on the weekends. That's just what I'm going to do. That's what works for me. Mm-hmm. Sweet, man. There's not, you know, we're not, it's not a cult. Right. Even though, you know, you, you, there's been many cults. The Bulletproof Coffee was one for many years. That was like, you know, I, I made a post. I don't even remember this, but like a couple of years ago, I wrote Bulletproof Coffee is bullshit. <laughs> that was my <laughs> post on Facebook. Probably a little more immature than I'd like to have been, but uh, I got 500 comments on that post. I'm and sure. most of them were just, you are a piece of shit. Right. Like, what are you talking about? I lost one pound, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, I'm just kidding. Like, but yeah. it, it is what it is. But it dude, is. I'm freaking pumped that you found something. That is yeah. awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's working well. I mean, I just the thing that I try to do is just, and, and I think the one thing that I think fitness related, I think everyone should try to do is is, and whether you're vegan, meat, whatever, try to get your food sources from whole food, yeah. from like actual food. Like if your yeah. if your food <laughs> comes in a box with a clown on it. <laughs> it might not be the best. It might taste really good. Yeah, it's going to taste amazing. Right. But, but it might not be, you know, the best. Good thing luck not eating the whole box, too. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, you know, eating like whole foods, fruits and vegetables, you know, those types of things. Um, just getting even, even carbs. Like, I mean, I love rice. Sure. I mean, but uh, sweet potatoes, butternut squash, that kind of thing. Like um, those types of complex carbohydrates, I think, are going to do you better nutritionally because everyone is so focused on macronutrients. The thing that you also have to focus on, whether you're a meat eater or not, doesn't matter, is you got to focus on micronutrients because at a micro level, your body does need vitamins and minerals. I mean, and unfortunately, if it comes out of a box or a bag, unless it's been fortified to death, you know, you're not going to get those nutrients that you really need. It's one of our guiding principles. We have our, we call it the lean lifestyle principles inside our programs, but it's 80-20 80-20 at minimum, mm-hmm. right? So 80% of your food, no matter what diet you follow, should come from whole 
natural foods. Right. Hopefully local sourced if you can. There's levels to it, right? Like, I mean, there's some people who can afford to go to the farm and pick it up themselves and whatever. But some people are just okay with going to their local grocer and buying organic or buying just real food, right? right. I mean, ultimately that is – it's hard to overeat when you just eat real food. Yep. It, it's much more satiating. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your energy levels stay a lot more stable too. I mean, try, try eating a whole jar of Nutella. I mean, see how you feel. I've tried it. I know. <laughs> it actually sounds really good right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> I think Nutella's plant-based, right? It's a nut or something? Yeah, it's um, hazelnut. So yeah. Just eat yeah. That. And it, there's no cocoa. No wonder you're loving this diet. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Peanut butter and Nutella <laughs> for breakfast. Mix it together. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. Well, dude, how, how's uh, – let's talk about fatherhood, man. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I want to – not to completely shift gears out of nowhere, but I, I do – respect everything you put out in terms of fatherhood, most, mostly because you're very transparent with your own family and, and the things you, you deal with, right? And having, oh, yeah. you have four boys, you, <laughs> I complain, you know, two boys, you have four. Um, what are some of the things that maybe you have gone through recently with your kids that are things that a lot of us are either cool. going through or, or will go through at some point? Where do you want me to start? (laughs) (laughs) Well, besides the porno magazines that you found, what else? Right, (laughs) right. Um, Besides um, having 17 memberships to. uh, Right, yeah. So, um, so you know, I've got a 12 year old and a 14 year old. Yeah. And so we're, you know, we've talked about sex. Mm, Wow. And yeah, I mean, which is, it was actually fine. Um, You know, they they really didn't have like a, we're, we're pretty we're pretty open with with the boys like we kind of have like this it's not like hey you guys are good here for a few minutes right me and mom are <laughs> nothing like that but there have been times where you know they come to the to the you know put everybody to bed and they come to the door and the door's locked and and then the next day you know and we're like hey we'll we'll, we'll be with you in a minute go back to your room whatever and and then the next day and of course my wife is like well, what do we tell them i was like we tell them the truth mm. like there's got to be boundaries there and we can't make sex taboo okay yeah like w- w- <laughs> it's funny we don't have an open door policy on this but we have an open door of communication <laughs> so <laughs> i was so, just thinking of so many jokes right, right now i know we have right? an open door policy yeah hey Man, yeah just luck of the draw <laughs> yeah good luck scarring you for life <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but no like the next day like they were like, why was your door locked? And I, even my wife, before we had this conversation, was like, what do we tell them? I was like, tell them the truth. Like, yeah. I'm not going to give them details. We're just going to tell them, like, hey, there's boundaries here. And if the door's locked, you walk away. Like, sure. That's a thing. That makes sense. And uh, so, like, the b- boys were like, what were you guys doing? And I was like, well, you know, we were having sex. And they were like, oh, seriously? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I was well, like, at that age, they know what it is, right? They do. And I was like, and guess what? I was like, when, <laughs> when you're married yeah. and if you're not having sex, that's a bigger problem. Mm. I was like, so here's the thing. Yeah, is it gross to know that your parents are doing it? Of course. I was like, but the older you get, what you'll realize is how much, and you guys see it, like how sure. much me and mom love each other, how much we're attracted to each other, how much we are affectionate with the, with, the, with each other, how much we compliment each other. Like all those things are so important. And if you're yeah. not doing that in a marriage, it's you're not in a good place. Sure. And I was like, so here's the thing. I know that this is disgusting for you guys to think about, and I don't want you to think about it that much. Okay, I was like, but <laughs> erase like, it from your brain, right? I was like, but here's what I want you to know. There's a couple things. Number one, you've got to respect me and mom's time together. Yeah, like that's really important. Okay, like there are there are going to be times where you're going to come to the door and the door's going to be locked. It's just going to happen. And what I ask you to do is respect that, respect that boundary, and also respect the fact that after we go to bed, I would say the majority of nights, unless it's urgent. 
you know, that's really our time, whether we are physically together or not, just we're, we're talking, you know, we're connecting. Sometimes we have, the, you know, we have the TV on, sometimes the TV's off. We're talking like that's just our way of coming together at the end of the night. And I was like, not to say like, if man, if you need something, dude, come to the door. If something yeah. is urgent, come to the door. But otherwise that's kind of our time. Okay. Yeah. And they were like, okay. And they, that's just the way it was. And then the sex talk was, it was pretty easy. They had a lot of questions, you know, we took them through that. Mm. Um, the other thing I'll tell you is we just got my 14 year old, a mobile device and that's a whole new world. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole new world. His own cell phone. His own cell phone. Yeah. Uh, we actually have a show sponsor by the name of bark. I don't know if you've heard of bark. Your kids are too little. Um, but if your kids have a mobile device, there is a company, an organization out there. It's, it's fairly new, but it's, it's growing rapidly. Mm. It's called bark. It's an application that you, you sign up for. It's, it's like $8 a month. And basically what it does is, is it, it tracks language on your kids' devices. So whether it be a website search, whether it be a text message, an email, social media, it tracks words. So like, for instance, if you want to hear something really funny, I'll get alerts like probably a few times a week. And one is like, you know, hey, there's an alert on on Ethan's phone, category cyberbullying. And I'll open up the the actual on my dashboard and it's me. I'm <laughs> talking to him. You know, we like, noticed a Larry Hagner. Right. So you asshole. Right. <laughs> you ready to get your fat ass in shape. Right. <laughs> right. But I, I think I did say some sort of curse word. I But I think I said, um, you know, WTF. You know, like I didn't actually say it, the F word, but I said WTF in a text and it, it flagged that. Oh, man. And then there was another one that's like cyberbullying violence. Like, and I saw a conversation on my dashboard from him and another friend of his. And my, my son said, you're so mean. Mm, okay. And then I found one. This is really interesting. Then I found one between him and my brother-in-law. I guess he wanted he wanted my brother-in-law to get him like a certain type of battery because he's an electrician because okay. he wanted to make a zapper for the dog. And what it what it keyed in on was (laughs) Zapper, and my brother in law's response says your parents would kill me, and I was able to see (laughs) I was able to see this. That's amazing. Yeah. Does he? So can he delete the app or no? Okay. No, no, no. And you know if he deleted it, right? Like he would. No, it's not even an app on his phone. It 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 tracks. So it's on my computer, and it it tracks his phone. Love it. So through Wi-Fi and through mm-hmm. like I, I put in the information on the actual iOS device. Wow. So it knows the device. So yeah, I can track things and I'm like, Hey man, what's up with this zapper? And he's like, looks at me like, what? How'd you know that? Oh shit. I just, I just know, man. I just know. So <laughs> there, there's that, um, you know, the sex talk, mobile devices. Um, I'd say the other thing too is, um, always instilling a growth mindset in your kids. Oh, yeah. there, there's actually two points. So that's that's really big. Kids are notorious for being like, I can't do that. I'm not good at that. Mm. Um, and I always say, I use the word yet a lot. You can't do that yet. You can't, un- you don't understand this math yet. Yeah. You don't know how to play this piece of music yet, but you will. You know, just always understanding that you can evolve, you can learn. Sure. That's really big. Um, and then the, the last thing is um, being a leader in your family. Mm. and not a manager like most parents most of us dads we are managers we manage tasks with to do's okay i did that i did that i'm gonna go on to the next thing what we really need to think about is is leading you know teaching our kids to be leaders but the way we teach them to be leaders is we lead we we lead ourselves and we lead them Mm. and one way to really do that is really understand what is your the core values of your family Mm. a lot of people are like well how do i even find that out 
Um, we take guys through an exercise to help them figure that out, but that's so important. Yeah. Like, so our family core values are family, obviously family coming together as community, community, um, humor, communication, health, vitality, and quality time. And the locked doors during sex. Yes, that's the eighth. <laughs> but those are <laughs> those are our seven core values. Nice. That's the way we operate our family. Hmm. So, like, if something isn't healthy, like, if my kid is asking, like, hey, my friends are going to this, like, my friend went to a porn site. I was like, well, we don't do that here. Right, because one of our values is. One of our values is if you're going to do that, you have to have a locked door. <laughs> <laughs> Son, we should talk about this behind the closed door. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in the safe space. <laughs> right, right. But you have to you have to lead. You have they're they're obviously to do's, but you have to lead. Mm. And in order to lead, you have to understand what those family core values are and then you have to live within those core values. Sure. So like I'll give you an example. This morning, like I was trying to head out the door into the airport and I just stopped myself and asked myself, like, how can I how can I lead in some way, shape, or form this morning to where mm. my oldest who's awake right now can see it? And part of that was like, I'm going to be very affectionate with his mom before I leave. I'm going to kiss her. I'm going to compliment her. I'm going to tell her I love her. And I'm going to make sure he's right there to see it. Mm. And he was. And he's like, you guys are so cute and gross at the same time. <laughs> and I take that as a compliment. I'm like, sure. yeah, we are. Like, And then the other thing, too, is like I hugged him. I was like, I'm really going to miss you. I took him to school. And I before he got out of the car, you know, I put my hand on his shoulder. And I said, I said do well today. Mm. Lead well. You know, lead other people around you, you know, be, be a servant leader and be a good follower, make good decisions. And he walked out, you know, he, he left that, the car, yeah. but like things like that versus like, yeah, have a good day. You know? So it's like, how yeah. can we lead better? Man, I, I got to do a better job of that too. I'm thinking about dropping my little, little bastards off, know, but get yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you'll, you'll find your way in. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda Are like, we at the right school? I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. Just get out. You'll be fine. Yeah. No, I, it's crazy though, because how many times. I'm sure you would agree we do that yeah right the little moments I, I heard this uh so i've got into coaching uh kids for basketball i freaking love it like it's it's opened my eyes to the impact you can have on kids I'll, I'll share a story with you in a second but i i thought about you know every little moment that i have with my kids you know i i send them to school right they're little they go to private school and all day there was somebody else right they're with the teacher they're with other peers or whatever and it's great for social development, you know, they have a lot of friends and all this stuff, but I thought to myself, you know, I don't get that many moments to make an impact, you know, I'm not, they're not traveling with me <laughs> to podcasts every day, you know, <laughs> there would be no podcasts if that were happening, <laughs> but it, it's like the moments that I do get, I really need to make them count, you know, yeah. and how many times have I even just listened to that story? How many times have I dropped them off at school and it's been like, how quickly can I get them in the door and mm -hmm. get the fuck out of here? Yep. You know what I mean? Because I got so much to do. Like you said, you were in a hurry to get to the airport. But it's like, it doesn't have to be, like, I feel like as guys, and especially dads, we, we think it has to be this elaborate Extreme. presentation. Extreme. Right? Like, look at me on my fucking horse and like, right. I'm here to save the day, guys. That's either that or nothing. Right. Right. But a simple like, like I remember, and this is the story I'll tell you. So I'm coaching these kids in basketball, little five-year-olds. And uh, five and six. And there's one kid on the team who's not yet five yet. He's four and a half. Like, we let him on the team. Cute little kid. Super sweet. Doesn't listen to a damn thing I say. Or so I thought. Mm. So I get a little uh, pep talk from his parent. The uh, A good pep talk. Yeah. It was an encouraging talk to me to say, hey, I want you to know 
that it's not easy for, uh, for you to do this for my son. And I really appreciate it. But did you know that every day between our, your last practice in this game, seven days, he has repeated all the things you taught him at practice. And she, she told me exactly what it was. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Wow. And I'm thinking this little bastard is like <laughs> off picking his nose, right? And meanwhile, he's got it on lockdown because it's, it's just not because, you know, it's just because they sometimes emotionally can't show you what they're feeling, right? They don't know how to express that, hey, I am listening. I get it. But inside, they are getting it. And they are starting to pick up on the things that you're, that you're doing and right. saying. And I thought, man, if this four-and-a-half-year-old kid is like sponge, you know, taking it all in and just absorbing it, imagine what my own kids are absorbing you know, in, our, in my day-to-day, I got to be really freaking careful of the example that I'm, that I'm setting. Um, and it was just my, it was mind-blowing to me. <laughs> I'm like, what? This guy, like, you son of a bitch, like, you had me fooled, man. Like, and meanwhile, she's like, nope. She, he told me about the dribbling technique. He told me that you guys have your, your, your word of the day was teamwork last week and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? Wow. Crazy. That's good, man. Four and a half. But, you know, but like you said, man, he, as a father, you know, I think sometimes I get confused as to what, like, what does leading actually mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what does that even mean? Like, okay, uh, get in formation, guys. We're right. gonna, you know, like, really, it's just your actions, right? It's your actions, and you're not trying to manage things. You're trying to develop people. Mm. That's really what it is. And, you know, trying to develop your kids, you know, a coaching moment, a yeah. lesson, uh, and yeah, your your own actions. There's one other thing though too, when it comes to fatherhood, that I think is is missed. And I think even if you ask motherhood, it's missed. Um, a lot of us are doing our kids a tremendous. I'm gonna ruffle some feathers here, but sure. but I think people will understand it. A lot of us are doing our kids a tremendous disservice, um, but it's but it's with really good intention. Um, a lot of parents will put the kids first mm. like oh they're they're their first first priority that's not what i believe that's not what my wife believes that's not what i've seen the most successful marriages in in the world believe are the kids important absolutely of course however the family crumbles if the foundation with you and her crumbles so what's one way like kids grow up i mean think of think of our society and think of how many people have relationship baggage mm. A lot of people have relationship baggage because they haven't seen a successful relationship for the majority of their life. They're, they're the parents that raised them are potentially have had a mediocre marriage at best where they just maybe kind of coexisted. Yeah. They were in each other's space. There were some good times, but a lot of bad times. Like It just sort of was there. On the flip side, I didn't have any father figures growing up that were like father figures for me. Like my My dad left when I was, you know, born and then i was reunited with him when i was 12 unexpectedly he left again and then i was reunited with him when i was 30 and when i can tell you within those those years of being a kid my mom was married three times and it was constant toxicity of Mm. would-be father figures however i did have this amazing grandfather and what he did was it did he was 73 years old when he died there was never a day that went by that i didn't see him hug my grandmother tell her she was beautiful tell her how much he loved her he was so compassionate he like you could feel the love in the room when they were together and i got to see that and my grandpa never was like here's how you talk to a woman 
Mm. Here's how you treat a woman. Here's what you need to do. Never. I just got to watch it. Yeah. And now <coughs> I, I being older now, I, I truly appreciate that. And what I can tell you is that that's what my boys see. And my wife is more important than my kids. She just is. And sure. she always will be now. If I put my wife at 100%, you know, my priority, my kids are like 99.9. But they are second. They're not first. And for her, from her perspective, that's the same way. We're like, hey, we got to make sure we're good, you and and I. Because if we're not good, they're not going to be good. So that's our view. And perhaps people out there is like, no, you got to put the kids first. That's just not what I believe. That's not what I've seen work for the majority of people. And if that is your view, I I would highly encourage you to consider putting your spouse first, putting that relationship first. Mm. And then that way, think think of the benefits and what those kids will see growing up. They're going to grow up being like, I know what a good relationship looks like. I saw it. Yeah. Like I got to see my parents be affectionate with each other. I got to see my parents hug and kiss, compliment each other, go out on date nights. They enjoyed each other versus like, yeah, I think my parents kind of liked each other, but I don't really know. Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, that's amazing. And, and yeah, it's one of the, I guess it's, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I enjoy our friendship is because, and we talked about this a little bit before we went on air, but one of the big things that I suggest when it comes to anything in life that you want to be better at or you want to create a legacy around or just set an example for is surrounding yourself with people who encourage you and inspire you with their actions and are in the same boat as you. Right. Because we're both in the same boat. We have different, you know, careers. We have different family set up, but we, we we have the same missions. Right. We both want to be good dads. We both want to be healthy. Both want to be in shape. And I can't do it by myself. Right. I can't live on this island and think, you know, oh, I'm just going to be able to handle everything because I'm strong enough. Right. Ultimately, I need my I need my mentors in a way. I need my uh, my accountability partners bringing that word up again. But ultimately with these things, that's really the secret. Yeah. Right. Um, because there's people out there, you know, I, I tell my kids this all the time, you know, you can do anything you want. Right. I know there's that whole like, Oh, you can't really do anything you want. Well, ultimately you can, right. If you can at least pursue greatness in anything that you want, right. Ultimately where you end up, you know, I could pursue greatness in basketball. I'm probably not going to be LeBron James. That's okay. But I could be the Close. best, yeah, I can be his towel holder, right? <laughs> like, that'll be close enough, right? But, like, no, I mean, at the end of the day, I can be really freaking good if I put a lot of time and effort into that, sure, right? absolutely. But I'm not going to be able to do it on my own, right? I'm, I'm going to need coaches. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need teammates. I'm going to need guys who push me to be better, guys who yeah. want to be, be great, too, who I can say, man, look at that guy over there. He's really crushing it, right? right. Um, and I, but we talked about this before we came on air, how there's this mentality that, you can do it on your own somehow. And it's very, it's confusing to me, but I get, I mean, I get yeah. it because in some parts of my life I've been there, but it's something that we have to, got to wipe out. If you, if you really want to fire me up, it's this lone wolf mentality. This drives me freaking nuts. Yeah. And I think it drives me crazy because it's, it's almost like you see your kids make the same mistakes you did and it fires you up. Cause you're like, no, no, I know the outcome of this. Like, don't do it. Th- don't do it yeah. this way. And I took so much before I started, dad edge and all that. I, I took so much pride in like, ah, oh, I'm, I'm the lone wolf. I got this. I got this all on my shoulders. I'm strong. I'm stoic. I'm this, I'm that. And inside I was crumbling. Yeah. I was completely crumbling. But if you ask me how life was, oh, great. Good. Awesome. Fine. Everything was good and fine. Fine and good. But here's what I'll tell you. Like 
men in particular like really take pride in this lone wolf thing and if if men really understood what actually happens to the lone wolf they wouldn't think it was so cool mm. the lone wolf dies mm. that's what happens the lone the wolf is only strong because of the pack and the pack is only strong because of the wolf if the wolf has lost his pack he's gonna die without yeah. the pack and if the wolf wolf leaves the pack it's because he's gonna go die he knows sure. it's his time so he leaves the pack and he's gonna go die but either way, it's not a good outcome for the lone wolf, right. and it's it's completely absurd. Oh, I'm the lone wolf. Oh, okay, so you're you're miserable and you're you're gonna die alone. Mm. That's enjoyable and fulfilling. Said no one ever. Sure, right? right. Have you <laughs> ever seen the Jungle Book? They talk about <laughs> right the wolf with the strength of the wolf at the back. Right, like, right. That's it. But I mean, I I just took my kids to see Call of the Wild. Mm, uh, great brand, movie, brand new movie out. There's yeah. one scene. Great book, actually. But great book too. Yeah. There's one scene in that book that that illustrates. And I, as I was watching it, I was like, I know what I'm I know what I'm viewing here mm. right now. So there's this pack of wolves, and they're on a hunt, and one wolf, you know, boom goes goes down in this water and down these rapids. Sure. And the pack like completely leaves the hunt. Like they decided to leave this animal alone that was completely vulnerable and they're racing like alongside this, you know, this, this water to get this wolf somehow, some way they're just racing along and they're yeah. barking and they're trying to go. Finally, this wolf like claws onto this log and the, and the water is just like, you know, going past them. Now, if the pack would have stayed and hunted, yeah, gone, he's done. dead. So of course in the book, you know, Buck, the, the main dog, goes up to this log and he, he kind of puts his dog shoulder into it and moves the log just enough to where this wolf can get some footing and get back on the land. Right. So he ends up saving him. Same thing. He got out of that mess because somebody saw it and somebody threw him a line and helped him. Correct. Somebody who was like-minded, somebody who was in his pack, somebody who was in his tribe, in his community, and helped him. Otherwise, that wolf, wolf would have been screwed. Right. So when people say lone wolf, it's only the strength within that tribe. And, and the thing that I would encourage most men, especially with your tribe, my tribe, whatever, is finding like-minded people. Because mm. you, you be, you've got to be so freaking careful sure. when it comes to choosing the people that you spend time with. Because true. they can hold you back just by privy, just by you being around them. Yeah. If, you are, if you're not drinking alcohol for 30 days and you're married, chances are the person you're married to will either cut down their alcohol or stop. Yep. Same thing with people who are like-minded, people who want to fulfill, people who want to be fit. Yeah. Chance that you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most. If you're a fit guy, I would I would almost guarantee the people you spend time physically with Pretty far. are right in that realm, right? Yep. So whatever it is that you want to do or be in life, like look at the circle. That, and, and I mean, Andy Frisella, MF yeah. CEO, says this all the time. If you want to be a billionaire – you can't hang out with millionaires. Mm. You've got to hang out with billionaires. If you want to be a millionaire, you can't hang out with people who are not millionaires. Yeah, <laughs> not millionaires. Like that, yeah. you have to upgrade. And I don't mean that from a snobbish point of view, but you have to be able to tap into that invaluable wisdom to get you to those places that you ultimately want to go. And, Absolutely. And, and believe it or not, you know, I might, maybe I hang out with millionaires because I want to be a millionaire. And maybe I'm thinking like, oh, I want value from them. But guess what? shockingly some of the most financially well-off people that I've worked with, they need the guidance that I need to give them mm. because their family is a wreck. Absolutely. So just things like that to think about as you move. No, forward. you're so right because, and 
you know, I tell people all the time when I interview clients, right? You know, a lot of them are successful in different parts of their life. Yeah. They have great family lives or their careers are just amazing. You know, they're making killer money and they're, you know, whatever top of their company. And, uh, I say, look, you don't realize it yet, but you have the skills to be in shape. You have them because you've done everything you need to do in your marriage or you've done everything you need to do in your company. You've surrounded yourself with successful people. You've shown up. You've you know, been in the right environment. You've got accountability. You just don't have that in fitness. Mm-hmm. But you know how to do it yeah, because you've done it. Skills are the same. It's like if you can make a million bucks – you can make, you can get abs. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy them. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a quick surgery, but right. uh, no, but like, seriously, like, but that is, like you said, there's this lone wolf there. I've never met anyone. Honestly, you can put a gun in my head. I've never met anybody who says, oh, I just did it on my own. And any successful endeavor. Listen to what athletes say when they win a championship. I want to thank right. my teammates. I want to thank my coach. Well, first they say, I want to thank God. And that's the first thing. Right. <laughs> thank God, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then whatever. Then they go off. But seriously, they, they thank a list of people because they can't do it by themselves. Sure. Yep. And, you know, I, was, I mentioned Tom Brady before we started the show, but he's got coaches on top of coaches. man. He's got three different coaches just for his one position. Just for his morning routine. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so how do I? Okay, I'm going to get when I my first five minutes of the day, I have three coaches for that. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> but next, next 10 minutes or seven. And, yeah. and look, I know, of course, the cop out, right? We, we already know if, we, if you give people an opportunity, they'll take the back door. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's look, I know you don't have the most people don't have the resources, Tom Brady, right? You don't have the resources of Bill Gates, all those, whatever. But the good news is <laughs> we live in a world where you can get those mm-hmm. for basically free. You know, I tell people all the time, hey, you want to be successful in some endeavor of your life? There's something called books. I don't know if you've heard of them, but you can surround yourself with books that have a lot of these pieces of advice or secrets or whatever that you're looking for and start to create an environment around these, these authors that have written about the things you want to be successful with. You can join free groups. You can, you know, uh, go online and follow all your favorite, you know, successful people on Twitter. You can stalk people, right? Like, I mean, it, it sounds funny, but you can. You can You can almost, like I say, the mentor from afar, right? There's been many of those in my life where oh, I look yeah. at them and I go, I don't know you, right? Like, like Kobe Bryant, when he passed away, I didn't know Kobe Bryant, right? But growing up, man, he was one of my biggest role models for sports. I was like, I want to work hard like that guy, right? He was a mentor from afar. And uh, the more you can surround yourself with, with that – you can start to, and I'll tell you what, the mind is a powerful thing. And I've, I've found this to be true more than ever the past couple of years, where when I start putting my mental energy into relationships that I want, right, where I say, okay, this person obviously knows what they're doing. They, they are in a place where I want to be. I don't know them yet, but I need, to, I need to somehow connect with them, right? So I need to start mentally thinking about, like, how can I connect with this person? And ultimately, a lot of times it happens, by just being so focused on surrounding myself with that person or the people they know and getting myself into that circle. If, they're, if, you're, if you're willing to put the mental energy into it and t- to take action, obviously, on top of that, you can ultimately create a very strong network and support system of people that help you reach your goals. It's not impossible. Um, ultimately, I tell people all the time, if I can do it, man, like <laughs> any fucking buddy can. It's the serious truth, though. I'm no... no special guy that has all these people around him. It's just that, you, like you said, you have to be, number one, willing to admit 
that you need the help. Exactly. And yeah. that's the hardest part. It is because it's ego. Huge ego. But And ego, a lot of people think ego is overconfidence. But um, ego, when you let it go and you ask for help, it's literally one of the most – it's one of the lightest things you'll do. Yeah. It's like taking off a you know 50-pound rucksack and you're like, I, I, I'm kind of done trying to figure this out on my own because nothing, nothing's more – the thing that I'll share with your audience is, as I know we're probably need to wrap up, but um, when you have a guide, you know, someone who's mentoring you, someone who's showing you the way, yeah. a lot of times what life feels like is you're in a room, pitch black, and you're looking for the light, mm. and you just can't find it. You just keep hitting the wall, and you're like, okay, I went that way. That didn't work. Okay, well, that didn't work. Okay, that didn't work. Oh, crap, there's something on the floor. I just stepped on another Lego. Like, <laughs> I don't have shoes on. Happened to me last night. Right. Oh, my God, that nothing hurts worse. <laughs> and um, suddenly, there's a guide that comes and taps you on the shoulder and be like, two steps to your right, one step to your left. Look at you know, three feet on the wall. There it is. Yeah. Boom. You know, shorten the, shorten the learning curve. Take yeah. away the frustration. And when you think about that for your health and fitness, your health for your mental, emotional fitness, marriage, kids, uh, even mastering your finances. Yeah. You know, you have a guide that's like, okay, let me take a look at what you're doing here. Okay. If you do this and you do that and you do this, then this, you know, this, it, it, it'll work better mm. versus like, I can't believe this happened again for the next, for the 17th month in a row. We're out of money. Like just things like that where people can guide you and shorten your learning curve and reduce your stress. I mean, yeah. the quickest way to learn something is to, is to have someone guide you through it. Who's done it before. Right. Being yeah. a lone wolf can be frustrating as hell. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, I mean, analogies we could use. I always use the Mount Everest one <laughs> where it's like, if I ever want to, if I'm ever crazy enough to want to climb Mount Everest, do you think I'm going to do it alone? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you're almost, I mean, I think, I don't know if anyone ever has. I don't know. They have. Have they? Yeah. Really? There's been a solo uh, mission up to Mount Everest, but, th but keep in mind that person didn't do it the first time by themselves. Right. This is somebody who, had tried many times before with teams and whatnot and said, okay, finally I feel confident enough. It's like, hey, I, I've hired a coach eight times to prep for a bodybuilding show. This time I'm going to give it a go by myself. That's what it, what it was. Right. But most of the time, you got a team. Right. You know, even right. the most experienced climbers have a team. It's like, why would you think that you can do anything that takes a lot of effort and work without any knowledge? How would you ever think you do it on your own? Right. Right. Um, dude, so what, what are you most excited about this year? Oh man, so we've we've got a lot of things. So speaking, I, I've got a lot of speaking coming up, and nice. so I'm speaking at Dad 2.0 as we record this. Uh, in May, I'm speaking at the Financial Freedom Summit. Nice. Uh, Where's that? St. Louis. St. Louis. There's okay. going to be over three thousand people there. Wow. Um, over fifty-five speakers. I'm going to be one of them. I'm going nice. to be speaking on how to basically turn your your passion into an actual thriving organization. Business. How to do that. Um, we have our own Dad Edge Summit. Nice. It's going to be in St. Louis, June 4th, 5th, and 6th. Sweet. Uh, the other thing that we're planning this year is we are planning on a rite of passage trip oh. for fathers and sons. And I think we'll probably only take on 12 men and their sons. Yeah. But it's going to be a trip to Colorado. Sweet. And we're going to be doing some – half the day is going to be – it's going to be three days. Half the day is going to be spent doing what I would call like – dad and son masterminding, which would be more like um, generative questions, deep connection, a shared purpose, um, and then the pillars of a rite of passage and mm. what those look like. That We have seven of them. And then we're going to be taking them through 
um, some physicality things, not anything hard, but like hiking and looking at nature and beauty and that kind of thing. But then, and then bringing them back, um, to do more types of, of interacting, but it's, it's going to, the connections that men will leave with, with their sons, Yeah, their sons will, you know, their father will be on their deathbed and they'll both remember those moments. That's amazing. The son will be on his deathbed whenever that day comes and he'll remember that time with his father. And we just don't really have a celebratory rite of passage anymore, but that we're going to, we're creating one. We're creating this forum. Um, and yeah, you know, the other thing too is, you know, the mastermind community is, I would say bigger and stronger than it's ever been. Uh, and we constantly make it smaller. So Mm -hmm. we have, you know, we have almost 400 men now that do life with us and we have, 22 different call team breakout sessions we do per week um and you know men are thriving in their marriages it's amazing doing really well so i'm I'm just excited to the thing that really fuels me and i'll I'll end with this the thing that really really fuels me is when a man steps into something that we do it can be an event it can be a mastermind it can be coaching it can be anything it doesn't really matter even if he's a podcast listener it doesn't matter and i get these emails and i get these you know, or, or, the, or comments on social media of like, I started listening to your podcast or I, you know, joined the mastermind, you know, our relationship with my wife was a three and like now it's like an eight, like mm. we're, we're back, we're back. And like, I finally understand the skill set and I, I know what to do. I know how to communicate with her or it's like, I couldn't connect with my teenager. And now all of a sudden my te- teenager and I were tight again, yeah. like things like that that I, I just hear these mass successes. And those are the things that I most look forward to every year. That's amazing, yeah. man. That's awesome. Uh, where can people connect with you? Uh, just go to lockedmasterbedroomdoor.com. <laughs> <laughs> Behind <laughs> the door. Right, right. Um, Knock twice. No, okay. 18 uh, and up only. God only knows if that's an actual website or not. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram. I'm at the dad edge. Um, I'm really active on there lately. Yeah. Uh, and as far as Facebook, we've got, I, I mean, you can find me on Facebook. Sure. Um, Larry Hagner. And then we've got a large uh, Facebook group. You're a part of it. It's yep. called, called the Dad Edge, Real Dads with Purpose. That's our what I would call our big free group. We've got thousands of men in there. And what I, what I can really say about that group is high integrity. Sure. Men will ask all different kinds of questions as it relates to being a father, husband, finances, business, health, a whole nine yards. And they get real-time, really good feedback from the yeah. guys who are in there. And then if you want more, um, you can go to gooddadproject.com forward slash alliance. That's that's Sweet. that's our mastermind community. That's where, you know, we have, like I said, almost 400 fathers that do life with us on a weekly, daily, monthly basis. Awesome, man. What about the podcast? Podcast, yeah. Uh, podcast is Dad <laughs> Edge and actually turns five years old this year. Sweet, yeah, dude. It's on, it's on that's high, awesome. It's on How many high, episodes? Over 550 now. Yeah. Nice, brother. We've had oh. some really fantastic names on. We've had, you have. Yeah. Jocko Willink has been on. And yep. You um, had uh, Fursala on, right? Or no, did you not have Fursala on? I, here's the funny thing. So I've gotten a lot of these high-level elite people, and yeah. Fursala lives in my backyard. And I'm like <laughs> – and I'm I'm really good friends with Vaughn. Oh, yeah, His, Vaughn. I, I knew Vaughn before he worked with Andy. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like Vaughn, would you get Andy on my show for the love Jeez. of God? And That's the only thing I got on you, man. I got Andy on my show. I know. <laughs> I know. I can't get uh, – well, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it off air. But you've had something – I will vouch for the fact that I feel like you are – at least somebody I look up to in terms of guests. You've had some incredible guests on. So Thank you. It's awesome, man. Yeah, highly recommend the show. It's a great show. Actually, you were the first uh, first podcast I ever listened to. I don't know if you know that. but yeah, I did You not. were the first one. Yeah, first p- podcast I ever, because when I met David, he said, you should listen to the Good Dad Project. So yeah. I, it was the first one I ever I ever listened to. And I think the first episode was with um, 
Sean. Uh, Sean Stevenson, yeah, the co-host. Yeah, 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 he, yeah. He and I were co-hosting that show for 80 episodes. And yeah, he was the first one I ever listened to. Yeah, his platform blew up, and then mine did, and it just time-wise, yeah. we just couldn't. Happens. Couldn't, yeah. No, but I remember that. That was those are the good old days. They are. Knew what is this? This is awesome. Every time I get a guy who applies for the mastermind, and we we talk because I, I talk to each guy for yeah. on Zoom for about 20 minutes, get to know him. And he's like, man, I've been listening to you from the very beginning. I'm like, I'm sorry for that first year. <laughs> <laughs> I was really trying to get my wheels on. We didn't know what we were doing, but we we didn't. That's awesome. That's so cool, dude. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show, brother. It's thanks always for a pleasure, me. man. It's always one of my. I know it'll. It's always one of the shows that people mention uh, as one of their favorites. So that was fun. Appreciate yeah, it. Awesome, brother. Cool. Thank you for listening to the True Transformation Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to the show. True Transformation.